This is a Rooster Teeth production. National parks are meant to be bastions of information and beauty, where people can take in the sights and sounds of nature and various wildlife. But they're also a place of mystery. Several strange disappearances have occurred in national parks over the years, and these stories have been collected in a series of books. Today we discuss the stories of the missing 411. This is Red Web. Task Force, welcome back to another Mystery Monday. I'm Trevor Collins, and with me as always, with that gut check, coming in blind, reacting to what we're talking about today, Alfredo Diaz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hello to all my baby hand ghosts out there, my buff scientists out in the world. We got Hope tiny hands and giant muscles. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing well. Yeah, so today we have a really interesting one. Um, It's like a subset of missing persons cases. We're going to talk about a few cases that kind of qualify for these missing persons, these missing 411, as they're called, cases that all have very mysterious circumstances around them. We're going to talk about what qualifies as a missing 411 case per David Politis, right? And then we're going to dive into the theories that attempt to answer these more supernatural disappearances of people because... These cases are very, very interesting, but there are popular critiques around this kind of uh, categorization of missing persons that we're going to talk about as well. But um, but you said supernatural and I went, ooh, my ears perked up. He started dancing. Yeah, I did. I did a little dance. I was like, oh, okay." Like we, you know, we don't touch on supernatural too much. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you saying that word kind of threw some excitement my way. That also had me gave me like a passing thought. Like, are there any mysteries in terms of like what we've seen on Mars or, or space related Ooh, stuff. Like yes. this rock looks like an alien, like that kind of stuff. Or you, or just like if there was a, what we thought was a satellite that was hovering, but no one had claimed it. And mm. what was a satellite? Do? I don't know. There's some kind of space mystery going around out there too. But, there are. Uh, there yeah, are there are. Kind of there's there moon monoliths. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. There's some stuff with like, I think lost stars or something. Lost stars? Something like that. I maybe remember. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. No, you're, yep, there's something Lost in there. So uh, this goes way back to one of our, like, uh, it was like one of our very initial. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like a peek behind the curtain. I Here remember we go. now. Yeah. So we were noodling on this one, and I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I put it in the, in the ideas spreadsheet. And this is a okay. little like wet your appetite, yeah. Alfredo. So this one uh, in particular, and Task Force, you might be uh, familiar with this one, but it's like at some point in time, various stars across the night sky just kind of disappeared all simultaneously. Uh, that or they were pulsing at the same kind of rate. What the? Fuck? Um, and obviously they're dr- like they might be near as far as we look at them, but yeah. in space, it's, in three dimensional space, they're very far apart. And so we're like, what's going on? Is that a signal being sent to us, oh, or is that some sort of like atmospheric God. thing, like stuff like that? Maybe we'll do a whole episode on space. Now that oh. we conquered the sea with Atlantis, yeah, <laughs> found that you know, spoiler alert, it's Ireland. Yeah, I'm just gonna die on that hill. <laughs> I'm not this is the weirdest theory. Uh, this man's just racking up all these weird. <laughs> Atlantis is in Ireland. The owls—they're everywhere. Yep, owls behind everything. <laughs> and now we got space, the final the frontier. frontier. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But uh, without further ado, let's dive into this one. A uh, lot more conversational piece, I think, because you know we're gonna be kind of uh, giving both of us giving our gut instinct on this one because. It's one of those kind of pragmatic episodes, 
real life people going disappearing in like real places, national parks in particular, but with some very strange circumstances around it. See, that's why you just can't go messing around with the great outdoors. It messes back, you know? What are you saying? There's people going missing. Cut down the trees and... No, I'm not saying that. Build like, up a city. I need my oxygen, you know? <laughs> um, we, we can make plants for that, you know? Not, I mean, not like herbs. I'm talking like facilities, like like a factory for oxygen. Like a factory. Like, <laughs> so a, sort of, like, like space balls sort of where they... Some sort of like <laughs> dystopian future where they have to like, <laughs> chemically like make space oxygen. space balls where they had the can air. And oh, the, oh, my God. The pea air, I think. Yeah. People have sent, for whatever reason, to our office, they have sent canned oxygen. Oh. It exists. I was. Christian looks very confused. It's real. Canned oxygen? Yeah. Is it, is it just an empty can? It's just a bottle of compressed, I guess, That's oxygen. Weird. I don't know. Um, I mean, here's the thing there are cities with like pollution, bad air pollution. So, like, that's, it's very dystopian, right? But, like, it there there are needs for it. I could see that. Really? There's medical needs if you're like, but that's not canned. But that's like, not like consumer what, what grade. Is the can, can, like, you like one sniff and that's it? No, not like a can of soda. You go, and then like, and then you, and it's gone. It's like, it's like one of those computer dusters, except it's like a more oh. open nozzle. Oh, you like just, compressed air, but yeah. oxygen. Oh, but oxygen, and you just blast your face with it, I guess. I definitely I mean, thought you meant like a soup can where you just I like. I feel like you would <laughs> just walk. By the time you use yeah. the opener and take the lid off, it's all gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, weird side tangent, but I was on, you know, because we work for a company called Rooster Teeth. I was on um, one of our podcasts, the Rooster Teeth podcast. And um, Barbara mm-hmm. <laughs> was talking about. She, she was like, "Yeah, it's like, like it's like a, I don't know if she was serious or not. Probably not, but like she never told me if it was a joke. But she was talking about how cats like s- like to suck out your air when you breathe. <laughs> they like to breathe in your air. She just kept talking about how cats like to breathe in your air and then eat you when you die. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? I mean, I don't know exactly what she's on about, <laughs> but like, so, so task force Barbara, for, for those who don't know is, is my significant other and, and they're on the, uh, Rooster podcast every week. But I, I mean, there is like, you know, the uh, cats like to sit near your face, mm-hmm. I believe. And then there's, you know, a very unfortunate situation where that, that sometimes happens to babies, but babies are tiny. And so then there's a smothering sort of situation happening. Oh, interesting. I don't, I don't know if, it's, if it's cats like to like. I know there's like uh, old wives' tales where they're like, oh, they're going <laughs> to suck your soul from your mouth. Yeah, like but, a dementor. But just talking I don't about know. She, does she really like believe it? Suck your breath. <laughs> well, I don't so know. So that was a topic we talked about for a while. Well, that's like, I quote that all the time from. Um, Look, she could have been joking, but it didn't come all across as a joke <laughs> to me. I went, oh. This can't be real. Well, there's that. Barb can't believe it. There's Maybe that improv routine by Middleditch and Schwartz where there's a guy, a character that they created named Short Paul. Um, and Short Paul just says something very non sequitur at some point. He goes, don't you just like to, to go up to a lady and suck out a breath? Because <laughs> 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 it's, it's at a wedding or something. And it's very yeah. weird. But obviously it's it's comedically toned yeah, but it, yeah. but I, I say that because it's so specifically weird all the time maybe she's conflating the situation no completely but task force i don't know you're gonna have to let us know i don't know do you believe that that's cats, the micro mystery of the day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cats sucking out our breaths dude and and mystery. what are they doing with our breaths yeah listen like 
Let let's, us. What let's is have your a case theory? study. Is let's it, do a bl double blind study. Yeah. I'm going to stick a cat up in your face Why? for the no. next 15 years. And okay. it's just going to breathe at the, like just below your chin. It's going to be breathing there all day. Oh, and then I'll just walk around normal. Yeah. You've got this cat and a baby Bjorn. And I was about to say, am I wearing we'll a baby Bjorn? We'll see what happens. Like if we take this to scale, what happens to life expectancy? You know, maybe this cat's sucking your years off through your breath. Oh. Or maybe there's some sort of like, you know, I don't know. I'm going to end up killing that cat. You're imbibing. <laughs> through, through. Wait. Yeah, through, uh -huh. through. Uh, Poor airflow? No. It, su it suffocates. Through giving the cat too much air. Oh, because your I deviated septum's fixed, and so it's you're just there, pumping oxygen. There's that, because, boys, oxygen th flow through my nose now, but I took, like, a, a whole, like, full physical, uh -huh. and one of the tests was to, like, like tasks they give you one, homework one of the tests oh, my was bad. to like breathe into like this like breathalyzer thing and try and like force as much air through it oh, that's as a task. that is a task I, um, I would hate that and uh my results came back and you know just the um the doctor was going through mm -hmm. and then she got to that page she was like so this doesn't make sense. This is off the charts. <laughs> yeah, this man's like, got big like, boy lungs. Yeah, like you got some real big lungs. And I was like, well, I used to swim. It's like, oh, that much probably why. So mm. I might end up killing this cat just by giving it too much oxygen. That's my theory. It's <laughs> like blown up like a balloon. Buff scientists crunch the numbers, start swirling around those beakers. <laughs> Let me see. Let me get an idea about this man's lung mass flow. Shakes a beaker of mysterious fluid. Look, do what, whatever you buff scientists need to do. Do whatever you got to do. Listen, you're the professional. Yeah, I'm not the professional. You tell me what can and cannot be done. <laughs> and what can be canned. Turns out oxygen can be. Uh, listen, that's, you know, we're a mystery enthusiast. You are a professional buff and professional scientist. Mm -hmm. So you will have the numbers, and I appreciate those crunched right into our mailbox. <laughs> Redweb at roosterteeth.com. Thank you. Make sure you cite your sources before you send your white pages. <laughs> random numbers and measurements. Like. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. The mystery at hand. Uh, we're going to talk about what this concept is, this phenomenon. Because, again, there is a, a subtle delineation between a missing persons case and what we're going to be referring to as missing 411 cases. And I'm going to walk you through what that is, kind of why we're talking about this. Well, namely, it's because this kind of topic has gone mad viral on oh. TikTok. We've had a lot of task force members reach out to us requesting us to talk about some of these cases. And uh, Jillian, one of our very own researchers, is also super yeah. into this yeah. kind of topic. And so this was an opportunity for us to really Well, I do, I do like that the task force is uh, really making good use of the, you know, the anonymous box that we mm -hmm. placed out mm -hmm. there. And so they're, they're very right, few jokes in there. Writing down <laughs> little slips and then putting it down. A lot yeah. of positive feedback, but then also some <laughs> mysteries. And so when we collect that box once a month, we get to read through it. And <laughs> we shake it up. We filter out, you know, like here's a picture of a buff scientist. All right. <laughs> Well that's afraid of for the fridge and then, uh, you know, the rest. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, obviously, you know, every year, hundreds of people go missing in North America. I'm diving right in, by the way, if, yeah, the, if no, the music no. didn't tell you. Uh, in North American national parks, uh, some, many, seemingly without a trace, right? And that's kind of the, the cases that we're going to be talking about. Now, while visiting a national park, we have former detective David Politis. This is someone who we we're going to talk about a lot in this particular episode. He spoke to park rangers who wondered why so many people were disappearing within these mysterious circumstances. This led to him developing a book series, which is called Missing 411, and later several documentaries on the matter, which cover cases that he feels are strange and are missing important information 
or would otherwise be able to be solved by things that are beyond ordinary knowledge, right? That supernatural element. So he's kind of compiling a like a filter, as to so to speak, like a, of cases that he thinks have kind of outlier elements, and he's trying to see if there's any through threads between these extra peculiar uh, cases. Now there are profile points that he calls them that he puts all of these cases through in order to identify them. So let me walk you through some of those. Okay. None like these cases tend to have not maybe all of these profile points, but a good amount is kind of like how he lands on his cases, I guess. So profile point one, and in no particular order, with almost every case, there is a point of separation where there's a group or a missing person in, in whatever circumstance decides to go off on their own to somewhere else. It's number one rule, don't number go one. off on your own. Never split up. Stay this together as a group. Yeah, you know how we survive? Hmm. Yorktown, York, Yorktown, Yorkshire? Yorktown. Yorktown Memorial. It got it right the first time. <laughs> Memorial Hospital, we stuck together. He doesn't even remember it. I think that's a, that's a safety I, mechanism. I, dude, I locked that away in a vault somewhere. <laughs> yeah, numbers. Yeah. You know, if you end up in a boxing match with a buff ghost with baby hands, like you got to make sure you got the numbers. Damn, you imagine big old arms with baby hands? Dang. All that force into a very small surface area. <laughs> it's like it's like being punched by a bullet. It's just her bru- I mean, like, could you imagine the bruising on your face? Just like little tiny bruises, but like a- <laughs> <laughs> you're just like ah. It's like that moment in Click uh, where you know he pauses time. Yeah. Adam Adam Sandler pauses time, mm-hmm. and like I don't know if he punches or smacks, but his boss around, and then he unpauses time, and then he's just like ah, my face hurts. Yeah, <laughs> you're like that, yeah, but you end up with thing. no scratch marks, just baby bruises all <laughs> yeah, over the just place. A little tiny bunch of baby bruises. I want to stop down for a second and just say. I would love to see a little baby plush, baby hands plush. You Dude, I'm I mean? telling you, it's like it's like a little thick ghost mm-hmm. with like two little hands. <laughs> two little hands, like he's just <laughs> waving, like hi. Why are you laughing? Two little hands. Two little, two little hands. hands. Yeah, it's got two like that. Yeah, just like just that. Just like them up. Kind of like you know that two hand emoji, but less creepy. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, but he's somehow. just like he's ghost. just like I'm not threat. I'm just here. I'm just I'm just a I'm ghost. Just got, I just got baby hands. It's, he's a prankster. He's a prankster. Yeah. He's he, there's always a baby hands on site at a, yeah. at a paranormal. Here's the thing: we always focus as people on these very vicious ghosts that have like some sort of unsolved, you know un, un, unresolved yeah. gripes. Okay, and then we got baby hands out there. There's, Sometimes there's, ghosts just want to have fun. There's a yin yeah. and the yang to it. Exactly, right? and, and I think we are focusing very much hands. on on the <laughs> far outside of that realm on the yang. Yeah. We're focusing it's a small on small little thick ghosts. <laughs> okay. I don't like you saying it's small, but also thick. It just yeah, it's a, it's a weird. Well, what do you mean? Joining. What do you mean? He's tiny, uh-huh. but he's thick, right? Mm-hmm. He's like he round, round-ish. So like he, like he Jack. Not like Jack, right? Uh-huh. You're mixing things together, Christian. He's not a buff. <laughs> I'm conflating. Ghost baby hand right. scientist. He doesn't like, know metrics. You don't know his it's life, like, his human life. He look, we ain't pumping he doesn't know his baby human hands. Life. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? He ain't out there. Slanging and banging weights with baby hands. It's just not how it's... <laughs> you're, you're mixing shit up. Um, <laughs> you're getting the lore wrong. <laughs> the lore is all over the damn place. All right? He's just a little thick ghost with tiny hands. Easy. All right. Easy Fair as enough. that. Fair play. And that's what we're going to give to our merch team. <laughs> Say, problem solved. If that's an actual thing that comes alive, 
I don't know. I feel like I just peaked. I'm t- I, you're telling me I sat down and started talking about a little thick ghost with tiny hands, and that becomes a thing. Everyone's like, "Yeah, take out my baby hands, my, my baby thick ghost baby hands." Explain that to me. Force. Why do you? How do you have that? And why? I I have no reason. <laughs> Here's the thing: it started in Yorktown with those baby handprints. It was a little tiny. I still don't know why there were little tiny handprints there. I, don't know. I still love your delivery when we saw. A very small chair in one of the hallways. And you went, <laughs> baby hands was here. Like amidst all the fear, he gets that out. Anyway, yes, let's sorry. get back. Let's get back to the profile <laughs> points. That's on me. So one of the points is that amongst a group or a group of people, there is a separation. Someone's leaving the group to go somewhere. Another point that he has is the time of disappearance is usually mid to late afternoon. This is a very strange one. Weird. You know, it's it's like He's identified this as kind of like a commonality. They tend to be in mid to late afternoon. It often occurs near a source of water and or near boulder or granite fields. You know, like if you've gone to a quarry, I don't know if they're fields uh, of, of boulder, but you know, a quarry tends to be very deep. Sometimes mm-hmm. they fill with water, so they can be a bit of a, a two, like water and boulder. I don't know exactly, but that's one of his notes. That, I don't know, like trying to make sense of all of that, mm-hmm. I, just, I can't, right? Like. Well, my gut it's says so like very interesting drowning, in right? Like, yeah, big so body the water, drowning, kids go the time shark of day, in the water. I mean, I guess like what is like why that time of day? Because it's it, when the sharks feed. Because like it's easier to get catch glare in your eyes, but nighttime is just too easy. Like what is that is a good point because like that's like peak visibility, right? Yeah, nature's light bulbs on, and you're like people. Are, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's strange. weird that there's strange. just a time of day where that happens. Yeah. Like these, yeah, it, it is. Another one of the key items, kind of coming back to his profile points, is that many of these cases occur with a person who either has a disability or some form of illness that might impede otherwise, like normal traversing of the terrain. Or, you know, again, we're talking about boulder fields, cliff sides, and water. Obviously, that could come into play there. Uh, just kind of thinking out loud on that front. Another thing here is that soon after they go missing, or when the search and rescue kind of begins, there's some inclement weather, you know, something like a heavy snowfall or a heavy rain that either directly impedes that search and rescue or that discovery or whatever, or delays it, right? So like, it's just, he's, he's finding cases where, you know, someone went missing and then boom, suddenly weather kicked in, right? And, and you might just be like, oh, well, that's just unlucky, poor timing, right? But the thing is, he's finding cases where a lot of these points happen per case, right? We're not just looking for one-offs here and there. We're looking for, man, that's a lot of inconsistencies, line, or a lot of, if you will, bad luck on this case and that case and that case. So is there something behind that is kind of what he's looking for. I mean, that's a lot of things lining up and the fact that, like, there's just weather hits like that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's not like people are just like checking the weather and going like, oh, okay, there's a big storm this week. That's when I'm going missing. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. some like Reddit group of like, this is when the best time to go missing. You know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm right. Like I mean, how do you statistically plan- right? Yeah, like how do you plan? There's no planning that out. So yeah, the, yeah, that stuff lining up is is awkward for sure. Weird. I mean, it's all. I mean, also it's all it's all parks too. It's easy to go missing in parks, so I mean, yeah, it, like me being the skeptic, I'm just sitting here, just like I mean, it's just coincidence in parks. Like it's a big old right. place. I kind of add some caveats as I go through this because, like, my gut feeling is like, and I haven't even finished this list. It's like 
Okay, well, if you cherry pick all of the things that prevent an easy route to finding a missing person, yeah. then yeah, of course you're going to end up with like some nigh impossible cases. Does that mean they are worth being lumped together? I don't yeah. know. Um, but also, like, comes to statistically, mind. what is this a majority, a minority? Right. Like, where is this lie? Right. If it's just like a hundred people go missing in these national parks every year, and it's like, oh man, but ten of them, ten of them line up like this, it's like, mm. oh, okay, well then, yeah, right. Or if it's like you're sit sitting here going, like, well, like eighty percent of them, I'd be like, that's freaking weird. That that would definitely be something to to know. And I mean, I'll kind of jump the gun here. I know there are reportedly more than fourteen hundred cases that have been researched for Missing 411. Holy hell. And we're going to outline some of those interesting and more, if you will, classic cases that fit this yeah. kind of profile. That's but, a lot. But yeah, but you're right. I mean, a lot, a lot of people go missing every year. And what is that percentage? Uh, because I think if, if there's a high consistency with this profile, then sure. But that's, you know, you know something, something worth noting, I think. But to wrap up that list, one of the other profile points is that canines cannot track the person's scent. Sometimes... Either a piece of clothing is found, or if the body is found, that body is missing an article of clothing or fully undressed. Basically, there's a profile point in here that's indicating that clothing being removed can be part of this profile. There's another interesting one here that if they are found, if the person in their body is found many times, or alive, right? Many times it happens to be in a place that was already searched, which creates a lot of just heavy confusion, right? If you're heavily searching for somebody and then like you look in campsite A and then you move on to campsite B and then you come back to A and they're just kind of wandering lost or or maybe unfortunately yeah. uh, uh, you're not alive anymore, right? At that yeah, scene, you're just kind of like, what well, we, we were here though. So like it almost feels like part of this profile is that these are active, ongoing, sort of developing cases. And then his final profile point that he likes to kind of see as part of his trend is that if they are found dead, the cause of death is typically unknown or very confusing. We've outlined many cases of that nature, right? Uh, the Yuba County Five comes to mind, and therefore Dyatlov Pass comes to mind. Various states of undress, the confusion, the inclement weather, the search party being delayed, uh, apply to all of those. But yeah, I mean, and, and I'm also going to jump the gun too. I, we were going to close out with this, but I think just given my my own gut instincts, just kind of having read that list, because again, it, it can feel like you're cherry picking these, mm -hmm. like, just unfortunate circumstances. Uh, there are a lot of critiques around David Politis and the way he has gathered cases for his books and whatnot. Many people pointing to the fact that these profile points are simply common characteristics of a missing person's case in general. Not that he's not identifying it just some specific or like major trend. He's just kind of these are things that you would expect of a, if you will, generic missing yeah. persons case. And so to delineate them as something extra special with a their own source of enlightenment is th right. their point of critique. And then other people feel like Politis misrepresent information or perhaps cherry picks and leaves out certain pieces of information when discussing the cases such that it might backwards fit into kind yeah. of the narrative that he's outlined. So that way it would fit his narrative right. and, and continue to fit like this whole structure and force everything to piece together nicely. Right. And I'll talk about a specific example of perhaps misrepresenting information on this first case that we're going to talk about. But I wanted to, you know, at least bring those critiques up to the front because yeah. I want to go in with an open mind. But um, I, did, I would hate for the task force to ha for you to have a shared gut feeling that I had and have that kind of undermine the discussion yet to come. But but yeah. Now, as I mentioned earlier, they don't all these cases don't have to have every single profile point, but 
they tend to have a very good amount of them, is kind of what he looks for. Uh, regardless of missing 411, though, it's worth noting that national parks do not keep any kind of list documenting people who have gone missing within the park. And I found that to be very interesting. But in response to that, Politis created Can Am Missing Project for investigating missing persons who fall into the missing 411 criteria. So there's at least, regardless of the critiques that you might have, there's at least a productive uh, initiative behind this, right? To Why like, don't they document missing people? That's a good question. Do you I have mean, any other insight on that, Christian? Like they could pop up or, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. bodies, could, bodies could pop up and then you just don't have this catalog of like who's missing and when and, it could and get, contact information. And Yeah, I mean, it could get very political very fast, right? National parks are federally financed True. and if like yeah, suddenly you, you have somebody going like well guess what we shouldn't protect yellowstone because look how many people have gone missing and i'm like yeah but i mean is that cherry pick data like people go missing all yeah. sorts of places right i don't know that's that would be a thought i had but uh, from a very quick google it seems that politis himself actually brought that up and short answer is money is very expensive uh that makes sense yeah yeah i mean you need someone to catalog that stuff and that's a salary benefits and all its own. And then from there, you need to have the infrastructure for it. So, Right. According to this, the number was $1.4 million for a list of people missing in all U.S. parks, breaking down to $34,000 per park. Oh. Jeez. I don't know how true that is. It was a very quick cursory Google, but it's according right. to an yeah, interview that yeah. Politis did. Yeah. I don't know. Here's the thing. he Obviously, this guy's got a book series and documentaries. This is not a a way to promote or he's not a sponsor in any way. If you want to go like peruse his wares or whatever, that's like your prerogative. I don't want to sit here and like, you know, this is most, mostly us talking about some of these cases because it has gone so viral and because some of these cases truly are very, very interesting, you know, regardless of some of the potential critiques uh, therein. But without further ado, I do want to dive into some of the cases we have outlined that stand uh, of particular interest, but stand as great examples to the exact kind of through threads that David Politis is kind of looking at. And I think it'll help you get a better idea of what he's identifying in these missing persons cases in national parks. So the first case, and before we move on, I do want to open up. Do you have any thoughts? No, I'm just like interested to see more of this, right? Like, I don't know, maybe just like this, the statistics around it or mm-hmm. um, the intricacies of some of these like missing cases because right now it's kind of just feels like yeah you know you're cherry picking kind of like putting a blanket statement over some of the stuff and so like i think for me what's going to be my point of interest during this mystery is the intricacies of like Hmm. like little stories yeah yeah and i think this will help materialize too because i think you know if you break this down as to like the definition of what we're after it becomes pretty overwhelming and so i tried my best to kind of break it down uh, with Jillian's help to kind of convey what a missing 411 case looks like. But I think the best way to do that is l- yeah. literally. And this is just examples. me like going pretty heavy handed into the whole like, sure. skeptic aspect yeah, yeah, of yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, you're telling me the time of day and the weather all lines up. Right. Like, that's coincidence. Like, yeah, yeah that's me. Yeah, yeah I'm, that's me in that, that mood right now. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a good mood to be in, especially when something nefarious is afoot. So let's talk about our first case. On June 14, 1969, Dennis Martin was six years old when he went missing in the Rocky Mountains in an area called Spence Field. 
He was with his brother, his father, and his grandfather, and another family. This was a family tradition of theirs to visit every year. So this place wasn't super unfamiliar to them, right? Like they had been there quite a few times now, at least in his short lifetime. Now, around 4.30 p.m. that day, he disappeared while playing with other children. They were all hiding in bushes, trying to surprise various adults, whatever, just, you know, kid games. And six miles from Spence Field, a child's scream was heard by another child off in the distance, who then, the person that, the child that heard the scream, said they saw either a bear or a large man carrying something over their shoulder. Dennis was the only child who didn't emerge from the bushes, and just after five minutes, the family began immediately searching for him. As they were searching for him, it began to rain very heavily, heavy rain pouring down on them, and a, uh, the streams were flooding uh, the area, and also a thick fog rolled into the area. Basically everything that you would not want when trying to find a missing yeah. child. So even with 1,400 searchers, in the end, they unfortunately could not find Dennis anywhere. And this included, for what it's worth, this included the FBI, the National Guard, and even the Green Berets, which is very uncommon for a standard missing persons case. Now, one last piece of information with regards to this case. A set of child's footprints was discovered. And when looking at these footprints, one was missing a shoe. It was barefoot, while the other foot was still in the shoe. Yet these footprints led to the water. So now, now you look back at the profile points, right? Someone like very soon after departing from a group, midday or late afternoon, right? Weather. We have water in the area. We have some missing clothes in a way. Yeah. It all lines up with, uh, hmm. Like, that's got to be, in my mind, like a person took a child and just walked into the woods. A bear isn't going to lift up a kid and then just carry it off. Right. You know what I mean? Not over like, its shoulder, for that's, sure. Yeah, that's not like an abduction to me. Yeah. But. Bigfoot. I was about to say Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, Dan, is everything going back to Bigfoot? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one little wrinkle in this particular case, and this is, again, where I didn't want to, like, wait till the end. Um, this is the example kind of case that has a particular critique to it. You know, when I was talking about how some of the information yeah. is cherry-picked. Well, in the case of Dennis Martin, there was a Reddit user named Lufasu who felt that the author here, Politis, might have purposefully left out that there were abandoned mine shafts in the area that the child went missing here in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, and, and probably because, you know, it wouldn't play into the broad mystery of it. I think it would cause people to slide very quickly into the idea of like, well, it sucks, but perhaps... Uh, Dennis fell into a, a, a small hole that led to a mine shaft and thus out of eyesight. I don't know. Ooh. It kind of doesn't fit with the profile points as well, I think. Right. Is, it takes the narrative in a whole different direction yeah. at that point because then that's where your focus is and it's not these weird coincidences that line up. It's, yeah, did he get, like, did he find himself in a mine shaft? Yeah. Oh, did they, I'm assuming they explored those mine shafts. Or maybe not because it's too dangerous. Like, or maybe they just didn't think to look there. I mean, I don't know. You know, weird. I mean, w with what they had like fourteen hundred people searching. Yeah, I think that they would. You know, they got the manpower for it. That's true, but that that also fits another profile point. You know, if they've got canines that can't track it, assuming that you know one of these 
the FBI didn't have a man sniffing around. Instead, they had a canine. Yeah. You know? um, like, I'm, I'm just guessing, but like that, that would then fit that profile point as well. But yeah. But any other thoughts before we move on to our, our second case? No. Yeah. Not on that one. So I think we're actually getting more and more recent as these cases go on. So this second case outlines the, it's a very simple kind of straightforward one, but very mysterious. It involves 58-year-old Thelma Pauline Polly Melton, who went missing September 25th of 1981 in the Great Smoky Mountains while camping with some friends. Polly was walking very slowly due to a health condition. So there you go. There's a profile point there. Now, while walking on the trail, she had been seen on many times in the last 20 years. Okay, that's another thing worth harping on. She was familiar with this yeah. area and this trail. 20 years you're walking years. on a trail? Like, that's familiar territory 100. there. So she was seen on this trail around 4 p.m. And eventually she just vanished. Uh, she was walking with her friends, but she was leading the pack, right? She was ahead of her friends by a little bit of a ways. And when she went over a hill, she crested the hill and became out of eyesight. That was the last that her friends had seen of her. When her friends reached the very same hillside, expecting to see their friend the same yay number of yards ahead of them, uh, they crested the hill and they don't see their friend down the path. They're looking around, they don't see their friend at all. Broad daylight. They don't have any reason to think anything else happened. And so they thought, well, okay, maybe she went back to the campsite. Well, they returned to the campsite and Polly Melton wasn't there. And that's essentially that case. Seems like a situation where Polly went and disappeared into thin yeah, air. Yeah, they pulled a Batman. Oh, yoinked by a plane? Is that Batman you talk about, you know? I'm just talking about how Batman would just disappear. Oh, know? right. Um, <laughs> I thought you I meant saying, like, I was just saying, bail threw out a balloon. You know I mean? and got Not yoinked. like like Lucius Fox you know, <laughs> put together a plane, you know, man in the chair, and then uh, skyhooked out of there. That was the term used. That's that it was. Um, no, nah, just think how, you know, like how Batman will just... Gordon will call upon Batman with the light, and then yeah, Batman yeah. jumps down and says, you know, this and that, and then all That's of a sudden, Gordon, goes, this and that, this and that, and then Gordon turns around, Batman's gone. Yeah. Um. So you're saying I mean, Polly is like a bit of a prankster, right? She's probably hiding behind a tree, that'd and, she, be, and she's letting the like bit my, go on way too long? That would be like my first thought, right? Like, this yeah. is a prank. Um, It'd also be interesting knowing the distance. Like how many like steps ahead? Because I don't know. Like visually, I mean, you know, there's a this national park. It's a lot of trees. It's also a trail, though. Like how far mm. ahead and how many turns? Like I guess they crested over a hill. How far ahead is a big question. Yeah, right now for sure. Like, but to just go missing like that, like what? Like what could do that? What could do that? Right? How does that happen? Mm -hmm. And then also, I'm assuming they're not like. It's not like this absurd amount of steps ahead that this person is, right? It's right. Maybe, maybe sure, like 15, 20 steps or whatever. Man, like how do you how do you just how do you go missing? Right? There's a bunch of you can't just slowly walk away into the forest. Like right. you're gonna be stepping on twigs and branches right. and leaves and it's it, it's gonna be a lot of crunching and noises. Definitely. So just the fact that you're just gone, like mm -hmm. silently. Yeah, that's, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know how you piece that together. Right. And that's where you really start to get an idea for what, you know, Politis is trying to do here is, I mean, whether it's to sell product, right, his books, or it's just trying to solve these cases, I don't want to be too cynical, but like, he's truly diving into the most compelling 
missing persons cases because these are the ones that have elements that remove as much knowledge as possible from being able to, be, you know, like if there's an inclement storm and you can't do the search, boom, that's a lot of information lost. If the person, you know, is near a large body of water and has a health condition, like, you know, that could lead to a lot of like, you know, such, I don't know. Basically, like this is this is very common of a case that would be outlined by Politis, but but it's going to be interesting when we get to the theories on how, you know, he tries to come around to address these these missing right. pers- these these missing persons. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Does Politis actually have a a theory as to why these people are going missing? So the theories that we're going to talk about are primarily coming from Politis and his various books and whatnot. But some of them are also from, you know, the TikTok task force, uh, the people that are out there talking about some of these mysteries on TikTok. So we're going to be focusing on some of the more popular theories that we have found in the next part of this mystery. Okay. Hey, everybody. It is Trevor, as always. And I have a few really, really exciting notes, actually. I know I talked about at the top of this episode some new Task Force merch that was supposed to be coming. I think I said Black Friday. Well, guess what? I sound different because I am different. I'm from the future, and I have information that comes with me. Uh, So I have the winning lottery numbers, first and foremost. Secondly, uh, the merch is actually dropping today, Cyber Monday. If you are listening to the day that this comes out, it is, in fact, Cyber Monday 2021. Uh, But we have some uh, some really cool stuff honestly i've been waiting for this to come out for so long and i've been biting my tongue because i've been wanting to talk about it but now i can finally do so we have the uh red web task force jacket it is a black jacket with a red inside lining it is really cool we also have a updated we have a variant all red version of the task force pin so if you uh if you got the first one that was black and red this one is all red it looks really really cool we also have the uh, field notes notebook as well as an oversized uh, embroidered tie-dye tee. It's like a black and white tie-dye tee, and it is meant to be oversized. It's that loose fit, that modern look that we're going for. I'm really excited about that because loose fit is my style. I kind of like that look. So anyway, that's the merch that's coming out today. Either way, I hope I didn't leave you hanging if you were, uh, well, hold on. If you listened to this episode and you heard Black Friday, you would have been like, well, it doesn't matter. I can't travel back in the past. That would have been the mystery. But anyway... Here I am, traveling from the future, to let you know the merch is out now. Please support the show if you want to. Uh, You don't have to. I'm only begging. But hey, it's store.roosterteeth.com. It is one of the best ways to support the show in addition to to talking about us with your friends. Word of mouth is another great way to do it. Um, But hey, if you get any of the merch from today, Cyber Monday, uh, please let us know. You can tweet us at RedWebPod. I always love seeing all the task force members out there in the field solving mysteries and representing and looking cool while they do it. I just love it. Uh, So yeah, you can tweet that stuff at us. Eventually, we'll wake up our Instagram page. But until that day... We're still cruising, okay, on the OG, on the Twitter. But with that said, let me talk to you about some of our fantastic sponsors for this episode. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. The average podcast listener has around six shows in their rotation. And listen, we can be frank, we can be honest. I know Red Web isn't the only podcast you listen to, but I know it's at the top of your list, am I right? Maybe not. But that's okay. I'm not mad just upset. But in fact, I have a suggestion that you add to your lineup. It's informative, it's entertaining, and it's packed full of interesting information. Give a listen to The Jordan Harbinger Show. It's a top-shelf podcast named Best of Apple's Podcasts in 2018, so I think that says a whole lot about what this show is. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes to tutors to scientists 
to mobsters, spies, hostage negotiators. I mean, all sorts of really, really cool people. In fact, he even has an episode, Starter Pack, dedicated to cults, scams, and conspiracies. So if you like what we do here, I think you're really going to like that as well. Within that starter pack, you might find yourself listening to episodes about debunking conspiracy theories or another episode that talks about recognizing pseudoscience in order to protect yourself from misinformation. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here in this show to listen to. Check out The Jordan Harbinger Show by going to jordanharbinger.com start to get some episode recommendations or simply search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. And you can search that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by HelloFresh. The holidays are busy, I think we all know, but you can take, you know, grocery shopping and stressing and planning, you can take some of that off your plate by relying on HelloFresh to put something on your plate. Ha ha, clever! HelloFresh sends you fresh, pre-measured ingredients with delicious recipes that come right to your door. They have an amazing variety of foods and plans, so whether you're vegetarian or want calorie smart or gourmet options, there's always something for you. And this season, you can choose from recipes like balsamic and fig beef tenderloin or pecan-crusted salmon to make the holiday meals special without all the high cost and stress of dining out or going to the grocery store. And HelloFresh Market has holiday season entertaining covered with options like their holiday cheese and charcuterie boards if you want to look real fancy to your friends and family. They also have the skinny dip dark chocolate peppermint almonds, which sound just a treat, just a treat for the holiday season. I use HelloFresh quite often because it makes me feel like I'm a gourmet chef, uh, but it also makes really, really tasty meals. Even if you're putting yourself out on a limb and trying something that you haven't had before, it always comes out really, really good. I enjoy their firecracker meatballs in particular. I always go for the high protein meals because, you know, I'm a growing boy. Uh, But yeah, it's always so convenient because, man, I really, really hate going to the grocery store. You can jump on HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb14. That's the number one four and use code RedWeb14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. It's the holiday season. Why not get yourself some gifts? That's up to 14 free meals and three free gifts at HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb14. Again, use code RedWeb14 at checkout to let them know we sent you and really enjoy your holiday meals. All right, taking a step closer in time to today, bringing that... I mean, this gives me... Uh, by the way, uh, we are Rooster Teeth's number one movie podcast yes, that talks yep. about mysteries, so I do want to drop oh, yet another film here. movies mm-hmm. like you always do? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, there we're going to talk about it for a second, because this gives me some big Pennywise vibes right here. Take it. Take it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fredo, you, don't, don't try to sit there and blame the movies on me, though. You say I'm the you one like, dropping. You like movies. I like you movies. Love movies. You're always suggesting movies, talking about movies, asking me if we're not recording whether or not you know I've seen this or that. How dare you? Did, did you not ask me recently if I've seen Dune? I have asked you that, but there. you can't cherry pick the facts. Wow. This man's dropping obscure '90s movies like it's his job, which it kind of is because we are a movie podcast. But to be fair, you can't just put all the blame on me. Alfredo hasn't dropped a movie reference yet. Oh not my today. God, I've dropped. Well, he said Batman. 
That's right. Which is I a also lot of that covers a lot. Spaceballs. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was trying to give you credit, yeah. and it's no, no. But what you've really shown me is that you don't—you're not listening to me. I will admit, I think on this particular episode, I—I I stopped the clock on the time to movie watch, uh, the time to movie reference <laughs> yes. on this episode. Yes, you did. But anyway, we've got another case here, getting closer in time, bringing Pennywise closer to our backyard here in time. We have Kenny Miller who was hiking with his family in Yosemite National Park, and they were 12 years old at the time, and they disappeared on June 23rd of 1992. It's worth mentioning that Kenny had a developmental disability. Now, he was throwing rocks and pebbles into a nearby stream in the Mice Meadow area while his parents were cooking dinner. It is worth mentioning that his parents could still see him all the while. You know, they could look over and make sure Kenny was still in view, still doing fine, and, you know, and they did. Uh, but at one point, they turned to see that he just wasn't there. Oh, terrifying. He hadn't made any sound to indicate that he had fallen or gotten into the water or got hurt or anything. Like, it was just silent as normal, perhaps, you know, just outside of the right. throwing, splashing noises of the stones, perhaps, or the pebbles. Now, it wasn't until a few weeks later that Kenny's body was found in Carson Pass area, which had a lot of shrubbery, was a rocky area. It's also worth mentioning that... Mice Meadows, where they were, was about 8,400 feet in elevation, but the body was discovered at 9,800 feet in elevation. So it went up. It went up in elevation. So it wouldn't stand to reason right, when you look at this case that he maybe fell in and, and drowned. And, and if he were to flow with the water, he would at yeah. least, at most, I should say, stay at elevation, yeah. if not go down. Would flow upstream. Right. And be found at a different area. So it's Boy, his body was upstream. His body was up in elevation okay. by fourteen hundred feet, but not like in a stream. I don't. Be, but no, it was in a rocky and shrubby area. Like there's a lot of bushes. Oh. So almost as if he was hidden. But yeah. do you know, Christian, how far, not in elevation, but in like kind of map distance, he was from? Because that to me sounds like, you know, somebody like. Picked him up, this ran is, off, yep, or something like exactly, or or he was lured away. I don't know. That gives me really eerie vibes. But again, you know, as Christian looks up that kind of distance, you have again want to outline those profile points that Politis is talking about, right? You have that large body of water. You have somebody who either has some sort of disability or an illness, right? Which mm -hmm. uh, this individual did, which Kenny Miller did, and you also have somebody. Again, this is in the kind of later hours of the afternoon towards dinner time, but someone who had just recently split off from otherwise a group to become an individual. And, uh, it, you know, if you're going to split up, you wouldn't think that 4 p.m. in the afternoon would be the worst time to do it in a national no, park. Exactly. You think that like, all right, now this if I was to do it, this would be the time. Right. Mm -hmm. like, what stands out to ah, me. Just don't split up, period. It's not right. A good idea. Just don't. What stands out to me, and this is me kind of jumping the gun on, on theories, is like these seem to be the most heavily trafficked times of the park. And so, you know, tourists and perpetrators ah. of crime alike. And so you might be able to meld into the crowd or yeah. uh, you might be able to get away with stuff that like, and you know, criminals sleep too. Yeah. You're not waiting for people to go out peeing on a tree in the night to yoink them. Yeah. And people aren't really going to be wandering around at night. Mm -hmm. and a national park so this is more so just 
Uh, this is oh man. Prime, Maybe your noise. Prime snatching yeah. time, unfortunately. Like, yeah, I, like, you know, for lack of a better way to put people it. People napping in, in broad daylight. I don't know. Found a small little tidbit. Apparently, where his body was found was about three miles south of where he was last seen. Okay. So he's three miles south, which is quite a ways, but also at a decent elevation up from where they were. What happened to the body? Yeah. Did I know? Or is it, I mean, I didn't know. Or is that, I do remember, like, there was mysteries right, surrounding, right. like, what happened to these bodies, but. Yeah, I'm I'll let saw, Christian. I'm, not, I'm assuming the answer is no. But, right. I'll let Christian kind of noodle on that, or maybe you have an answer, can look that up. But I what do you mean by what happened to the body? Like, there's a, like what the coroner said it was the like, oh, yeah. like cause of death. Yeah, cause of death was it. See, that's where I imagine or? another profile point comes up that says, like, typically yeah. with these cases, if they are found dead, the cause of death is unknown or very confusing. But the state of the body would certainly at least help elucidate us, if not yeah. like was the body like drenched, wet, soaked? Right. Or was there another like piece of missing clothing in some way, right? Which to me sounds like an indication of struggle, you yeah. know, or or something else, right? The only thing I'm seeing right now is the area where his body was found was, quote, notoriously inaccessible, rocky, and filled with painful bushes. But I'm not finding anything on cause of death or condition of his body itself. Hmm. Well, I mean, if you're... I don't know. Again, I'm kind of diving into the theories, but if you're kidnapping for whatever nefarious purpose and you end up with the need to hide a body or something, anything, you would try Seems. to go to an inaccessible area, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, with that, we have another case we're going to talk about, and uh, and that brings us very close in time to November 15th of 2015. We have Tom Messick, who was an 82-year-old hunter, fisher, and avid camper who went missing in Lake George Wild Forest in New York. Again, that's November of 2015. Messick taught hunting classes and was a veteran, so you would imagine with his resume that he would be well acquainted with nature, if not this area in particular, mm -hmm. that he would be pretty, you know, well-suited, self-sufficient. But it's worth noting that he was missing an eye and struggled with hearing and also had heart issues. So here comes that, once again, the illness profile mm -hmm. piece that comes through and, and could only exacerbate the, the, that offers so many different vectors as to what could have happened here right so yeah especially like when you have a lack of vision and if you're missing your eye your depth perception is off right yep yeah you need both to to properly have that depth perception and also if your hearing is your senses are, are dampened certainly yeah um but while hunting Messick and three other men were in line doing what is called a drive to hunt deer, right? A line of people walking through the forest, marching through, more eyes, you might kind of push all the deer into a certain area, what have you. Not a hunter, I'm just, just my guess, right? Uh, but Messick was supposed to stay in one place as a watcher. They never saw any deer, and when the group reconvened, Messick was not where he was supposed to be. Despite carrying a gun and a walkie-talkie, they had heard nothing from him. Again, we have another situation that feels like he disappeared into thin air. Yeah, especially because if this was like a hunter, so, you know, I like to think that he's one with nature, at least more so than the average person, mm -hmm. has technology behind him, mm -hmm. right? A walkie-talkie. If I was lost, I'm walkie-talkie. Right. Something's going down, walkie-talkie. Feeling um, a little bit of tightness in the chest? Yep, walkie-talkie. Walkie hey, um, I'm going to go take a leak. You know, if you're leaving, listen, the task force, if you you got to 
You got to set up your safety precautions when you go to a soccer game, when you go to a national park, when you go to whatever. Yeah. Where you meet up, someone gets separated. But this man was supposed to be in one spot. And when you come back to a designated mm -hmm. spot when he could have talked to him, maybe they were out of range on the walkie-talkie, but they come back, he's not yeah. there. That's weird. You got to let someone know that you're venturing off and make right. sure that they don't have headphones so that way you don't get attacked by coffees. Coffees? Yeah. Headphones. Coffees. The math is not equating. The, the Jurassic Park sequel. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Two... Too subtle. He gets too a, subtle. He gets too subtle for the for those ones for he those gets, Jurassic Parks. He gets attacked in the river. The little dinosaurs. Oh, you're talking about like two? You talking Lost yeah, World? Lost oh. World. Oh, I think I thought like you meant Jurassic World. I thought you said no, World. not Jurassic World. Oh, no, okay. right. That's right. He was uh, he was listening to his music and he didn't hear yeah. that those little that, like yeah. little baby raptors or oh, whatever those oh, were. Coffees, I believe. Were they called die something to miss? Something. Yeah, die something. Look up coffee dinosaur. Yeah. Coffee dinosaur? And yeah. maybe Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Little, like, coffee dinosaur cartoons. emojis. Uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park coffee mugs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> man. I would, I would say, I think it's coffees. the music was probably more key to that. Mm. And we're not talking about, like, the hunter so, guy. We're talking. reminded me of that whole yeah. scene. I'm just looking up the Jurassic Park. I can picture synopsis. it now in a way that, like, I had forgotten you yeah, put a yeah. not only did you Pulled reference it. a film you put a movie scene in my mind <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> what okay <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to have a coffee and headphones situation huh <laughs> what, <laughs> what? <laughs> carry the one and okay <laughs> <laughs> these guys yeah comp comp sug comp signathus comp signathus comp sog maybe it's compy Comp Sognathus. I how, what they, I think I can spell it for you. Comp Sognathus. Comp Sognathus. Sognathus. Sounds like a, some sort of This is a real good precursor to our dinosaur episode where we mispronounce the dinosaur's <laughs> name. <laughs> We're going to do a dinosaur iceberg. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus. Tyrannosaurus. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's got a walkie-talkie. Uh, I don't know. Like, how do you just go missing? But the body, did it turn up? Oh, let's, yeah, let's get into that. So, like, we have 300 people. Oh, sorry. I had a mental, <laughs> I was charting a course like I was Nathan Drake, dude. I was just like, I was like, the path of this dude. conversation went way left, did a couple loop de loops, and slammed back onto the oh, main yeah. road. And I went, oh, what? yeah. I ripped this back in. This is like Ace Ventura 2 when he's ripping through the woods. And he's this man was not ready for it. And that where we were. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was like looking at Trevor's mind. I was just, just staring at my nose. I'm, happening. Like, I'm Jim like, Carrey when the car stops rocking and he goes, like a glove. And like, but he's parked and he's like, what, how do, what, where are we? What's going on? I'm the guy in the passenger seat to that guy. Yeah. So let's talk more about it. We, this, we have more details here. So, you know, he was carrying a gun and a walkie talkie, but we heard nothing. I say we. His friends heard nothing from him. Uh, 300 people came out to search for him and created an advanced system of gridding, right? Where uh, they would create a grid from string to cover where they had already searched for Messick. Uh, but again, he was, he was nowhere to be found. And I, and I appreciate kind of doing that, right? Like, so you can mark out, and not on just a sheet, but actual string in real life. You can mm -hmm. see where you have gone because it's very treacherous to go searching for somebody oh, yeah. or anything in, in the forest. Um, but strangely... 
Right before Messick went missing, one of his fellow hunters heard a noise that he had never heard before in the woods that he describes like a slapping or cracking sound. Now, man, would I I would pay to to listen to this man try to emulate that sound yeah. because I I almost picture like a deep croaking of a tree snap sound. Like maybe I'm just like building up an image in my mind, but if you think of like the movie The Ritual with that giant Loki creature, uh, it's like, I'm not going to dive into it. Basically, there's a giant creature in the woods. Fantastic film. You should see it. But, like, he's huge. It was. It's one of the, like, the gods of nature created by Loki yep. in my very mm-hmm. ignorant understanding of, of that kind of lore uh, or mythology. But if you have something large, like a large creature like that, you know, and you move through the trees, you end up with a very unique sound of, like, the, the creaking of the, the living wood and the deep wood that otherwise doesn't get much movement. So um, that's what kind of comes to my mind but if it's like a higher pitch slapping or cracking noise I, I'd be very interested if that isn't like a, a muffled shot or like you know the clap of a shot and then echoing through the woods in a weird way I don't know what do you think right but it wasn't that far off right like was he like immensely far away I can't imagine he would be so far away right because the walkie talkies right? you gotta like, be in that's my that's my whole thing yeah it's not like miles away I don't feel like the a the noise of a gunshot would be distorted being that close. Mm. Yeah. Unless it was like shoved into the ground and then pulled. I, I'm, I'm just trying to yeah. come up like with a or situation shot, that might create. off of a rock or a tree yeah. in a weird way. Something or... like that. But what's interesting, and I think this might be some added flair, is it's worth noting, in my opinion, that they don't know when Messick went missing. They have a time window. When they're like, hey, you you stay here. We're going to run a line through the forest and see if we can find any deer. But you be on watch in this fixed location. Mm -hmm. And then when they go out of eyesight, at that point, any time could have passed. Any time he could have disappeared. So I don't know if it's for flair of the mystery, but it, it is worth noting. I don't know if we can really factually say that this sound happened right before he went missing or sometime around him going missing. Yeah, because they don't know exactly when it happened. Yeah. But eventually, FBI agents joined the search, though they would not inform Messick's family as to why. Whoa. Almost as if they knew something that they couldn't talk about. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there goes the tinfoil hat. Our buffest scientist just broke free. Oh, my goodness. And he went wild. He, yeah, he had a Rampant. collar on his neck, be flexed. Veins, <laughs> vascularity, bulging. What was the... What was, it, what was the noise that Poseidon made? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> when I was bidding about Poseidon yeah. in, in my, 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 what was, was it? Like, he his, had this it aggravation was, with Zeus and Hades and yeah. he was just like. <laughs> 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 like I just couldn't think sitting of something to say, so I just grunted. He's like, <laughs> sitting on his throne. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because the FBI don't normally get involved with that, right? Well, or, without telling the family as to why, like, why is this becoming a federal investigation? Or do they think that, like, people have, I don't know, maybe I'm just pulling stuff out of movies. Sure. That's not normally what I do here. Movie but, podcast. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're picking up after me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm exactly. talking about movies too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just pull, picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> but, like, you know, uh, are there people out there making, like, pot farms or like making yeah. meth out there and so the FBI is like oh this is an area where um, you know 
people are doing nefarious things. And so, like, that's why the FBI is involved. Or Here's the thing, too, though. I, I have to kind of, like, the pragmatic person in me says, like, a national park, is that state territory? Or is it, per the name, national territory? Because then, if a crime happens on national land, does that, I mean, it might feel like, to us, we know what the feds are, the FBI, you think... You know, yeah. oh, movies, they get involved with this and that. When it's a federal crime, it be- does it become a federal crime on national park land? Yeah, where Therefore, do Jewish dictions lie? Yes. Christian. Mm, I'm doing a lot of reading. The well, FBI, we know the task force overlays all. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, we work in the shadows. That's why. <laughs> were you looking at me like I had more? Then <laughs> Out more. in the public shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's a little in the shade, I'd say. Maybe get the sun out of your eyes. Look. The sun, exi- sunglasses. Look, the, the sun, <laughs> the sun exists, but the sun also casts shadows off of objects. So yes, we work in the sun, but then within the shadows that are casted. That's true. And here's the thing: the sun is an accessory to all of these crimes. These are all happening in broad daylight. Damn. And then it's running away when the storm right. happens. You know. We all need to look up at the sun. <laughs> we all need to. If we, if we all. And question. Wait, hold on. Legal disclaimer, don't. But if we all at the same time stared down the sun, maybe a good long hour or two, we might get some 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 tough questions. It might flinch. Also, we'll probably come out with not being able to see. We might learn something. And we might learn that you're not supposed to stare at the sun for that long. But have we done that as a society? I don't know. If we all stared at the sun at the same time, that's an experiment that's never been run. So we don't know what's on the other side of that. Maybe the sun talks and says, yeah, I did it. Okay, yeah, I did it. But it was for love. It was for love, I said. The moon is my love. That's how we lost Atlantis. What? Yeah. The sun? Yeah, they all stared at the Carry sun. the one, put the two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. You got, you know, yeah. okay. Some sort of Icarus situation, but yeah. instead they it's Atlantis. They're too close to the sun. Atlantis. And the land disappeared. Do you, Christian, do you have the information that we need? Yes, I do. <laughs> we, we really we're like this is the research time. Let's draw this out. We could edit this out, or we could just vamp while he researches. Uh, <laughs> I, I like just getting into random stuff on this show in person. The FBI will typically get involved in missing persons cases based on a request from a request for assistance from state, local, tribal, or oh, campus law enforcement. Got it. Or if. Um, there is reason to suspect foul play. Okay. And then regarding your question about national parks, a national park is defined by Britannica as an area set aside by a national government for the preservation of the nation the natural environments. Well, I don't like Britain <laughs> defining my words, but I'll I'll accept it. Mm. National parks, national wildlife refuges, military reservations, and public domain land are all examples of land owned or administered by the United States federal government. Interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, what's interesting here, though, I mean, at first glance, it sounds more mysterious than it is, I think, but it it still remains intriguing to me that they didn't tell the family why. Their involvement is less questionable, I think, but they're they're not elucidating the family as to what's going on and why they're involved. It's kind of like, I mean, sure, you want to keep the case under wraps. You don't want to make sure, you know, if you're looking into something, you don't want to spill the beans or whatever, but like eventually you'd think... The family would be let in on like, you yeah, know, my grandfather or my or my dad, what you know, whatever the relationship might be with any given family member. Like they went missing. What, what's up? What's the situation? And why are you inform the you family know, of something escalating this? But I guess to button up this case, you know, it's worth mentioning that 
you know, the body was never found. You had a, you had that question earlier. And, you know, there are the, the situation like with the heart issue, for example, like maybe something came up. You think, though, he would still radio in potentially. But if the heart issue was at the center of this mystery or this disappearance, that it would have been something that amounted to a medical visitation, going to the hospital and not disappearing. And if disappearing is in play, then you can extrapolate that perhaps the heart issue was at the center of their death. But then where would the body be, right? If not in the immediate vicinity. Did the heart issue cause the body to go missing because that's what made him move from his post to wander around. Right. Could be. Could be. We did talk about in the Yuba County 5 episode recently that some of the symptoms of having early, you know, not just heart issues, but early signs of a heart attack can be confusion. Yeah. And so, you know, it, there's definitely room in there for like the heart issue to be at play. It's just hard to then say that it didn't either resolve in one of two ways. One, being found and receiving medical attention or unfortunately, you know, Tom, you know, meeting his end and, and passing away due to the condition. But then why would the body not then be found? Right. You know, and right. Did they stumble off into it? It's, it's, it's tough. And what makes this case even stranger is that 10 days later, and this was only about 20 miles out of this whole park, but, you know, 20 miles away from where Messick disappeared, another man named Fritz Drum also disappeared under similarly mysterious circumstances. So, I don't know. We have a, a, a case of serial disappearances now in this area. Parks just sound scary now. does. It does sound like I'm... I'm Propaganda for staying inside. But. There's just like, I don't know. You always hear like stories of hikers going missing or whatnot. Right, right. Like, you can't just go walking into a national park. Like you have to have some sense of like direction and experience. You get lost real quick. Well, I mean, technically you can just go walking in, but what you're saying is you As don't. You, yeah, you, you want to have you some sort of experience. <laughs> yeah. You don't just do that. Yeah. Right. And then another case before we wrap up today would be, of course, the Yuba County Five. We talked about that case in, in depth. We did a whole two-parter because there's so much depth to that particular mystery. Mm -hmm. But if nothing else tips you off to the intrigue of that one, it is considered the North American version of the Dyatlov Pass incident. So I encourage you, if you haven't listened to those episodes, go check them out. We do a whole episode dissecting Everything that happens in that case, as far as the investigation, and then there are so many theories and, and talking points within the theories that we decided it would be worth a whole separate episode to go into those theories. But that would be another case that would fit very uh, nicely, as it were, into these profile points on just so much kind of oddities around it. And I think I that's still don't believe the whole convenience store aspect to that mm -hmm. because why would they go back? You gotta listen to the mm -hmm. episode, but damn, that doesn't add up for I me. I mean. It's exactly why we spent so much time trying to find our words in that one is just because like there's so many things that just pull you away, like remove fact from the situation, from from the researchability of it. But then there's also so many things that happen that are just like, what? Like it's I don't know. I don't want to leave you on that cliffhanger, but I do go check out the episode. Uh, very interesting stuff. And also, speaking of two-parters, you might notice that we're coming to the end of this particular episode. As I kind of lightly touched on at the beginning of this episode, this is something we're dabbling with as Red Web continues to do its thing, where it ebbs and flows and evolves. This podcast has gotten a lot more conversational, and I think that that is very healthy because, at, you know, at a certain point, we started, Fredo, in a place that was much more narrative, much more storytelling, 
you being the receiver of that story yeah. and kind of reacting on the behalf of the audience. And I thought that was really cool. But I think I really enjoy, too, being in person, getting to see you and Christian and, and feeding into the jokes that we have, but also feeding into the curiosities that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a long-winded way to say, Task Force, that we're going to have another two-parter on this particular one because there's a lot of things that we've that we want to kind of dwell on and think on. And I want to make sure that every piece of fact and stone that we unturn has a proper amount of thought behind it. If, if Fredo or Christian has a thought or question or they want to do some research or whatever, I want to make sure that there is time for that. But also in this particular case, very similar to Yuba County 5, there is kind of some, some more cases that we're going to scratch the surface of as we go through the theories. And so again, I want to make sure that we have enough time within the theory section to kind of really let those breathe. And, uh, and if I'm being really candid with you, we also have the holiday seasons coming up and it's just, yeah. it's nice to be efficient, right? With the, the way we package episodes. So uh, honestly, would love to hear your feedback. I know sometimes it's nice to open up an es- episode and close out with full closure of you got a little bit of all of it, but for the sake of really turning over all the stones, we've, we've heard from a lot of you that there are curiosities and theories that we don't give proper maybe credence to. Uh, right. and, and we want to make sure that we explore all those nooks and crannies. And so as this show kind of develops and evolves, you might see some more part twos happening. Yeah. If it's, a, you know, if it's one of those mysteries that are really long, I, I don't know. I just like us having the flexibility to to kind of like ebb and flow with how we want to do this. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and I get it. You know, it's a two-parter, but like I, I want room to gallop. You know what I mean? Let me breathe. This man's got long legs. He Let, likes to gallop. Give me room to breathe. Just don't put any cats near me. Steal my <laughs> breath. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no need to rush it. And so, yeah, we'll two-part this. Yeah, for sure. But all that being said, uh, we will see you next week right here, Fredo, for some very intriguing theories as to what is perhaps going down behind some of these missing cases, these missing 411 cases. Task Force, this also gives you an opportunity to reach out to us in the midst of the episode to engage with us on your particular theories, what you think is happening. I'll give you, just to whet your appetite, the first one we're going to talk about, we, we kind of hinted at it earlier. It might be a Bigfoot in play. That's all I'm going to say. I was about to say. That's all I'm going to say. Is it going to be Bigfoot? Is it going to be? You know what? Yeah, just make sure to tweet at us on Twitter at RedWebPod. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna read through that. I want I want to see like some some interesting theories. I kind of want to interact with the task force. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, throw down that, that meeting on everyone's calendar. Okay. Right. We get together. Mm-hmm. And we figure out like some of the theories. We meet. We meet at the local national park. Nope. At 4 p.m. <laughs> no, we don't. And as soon as we meet, we go and split. And we all <laughs> separate we from run. the group individually, running in various yeah. directions, blindfolded <laughs> sometimes. Blindfolded. Um, weird. <laughs> it's very weird uh, the way we do it. But hey, if you've been in the task force long enough, you know, you know. How have uh, we not been phased out? That's how, we, <laughs> that's how we function. Oh, my God. Anyway, Task Force, we will see you right back here for some theories as to what's going on in these missing 411 cases. Fredo, I will see you right back here on Monday. Yeah, you will. It's the cat steals my breath. I still think that's a weird thing. Suck out of breath. <laughs>